Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. Our show is a great way to connect and expand your village and fill your parental toolbox with as many resources as possible. I'm Genevieve Kyle. I'm your host here on Parent Talk, as well as on Les Parents Parlent, which is Parent Talk New French Edition. I'm 42-year-old, and yes, I am a mom of two boys, Alexandre, who is two, and Nathan, who is seven months old. I'm here today with my co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, Heather. Hello, I'm Heather Fox. I am the co-host of Parent Talk. I am also a mom and my son Hudson just turned two years old and I am expecting a baby girl in March. Today we're talking about the social media generation and we have with us today Kim Laureen. Kim is a local filmmaker, the director of the documentary Selfless and a mom of eight children. Eight children, amazing. Hi, Kim, welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be at Parent Talk. Well, I want to thank you too for uh, inviting us to the premiere of your movie. And to dive into today's topic, Kim, I want to ask you, what kind of concerns are you hearing from parents and teens? Well, let's start with the parents. Uh, being a parent myself, I can wholeheartedly relate to what's going on out there. It's a feeling that, you know, what's happening to our kids, they seem to be falling farther and farther away from us just because we have this thing, these devices that are coming in between us. There's so much time spent on screens. So there's just a real division of the family unit. Parents don't really know what's going on when their kids have these devices. You could have a really well-rounded child, but they really do have a secret world inside their device. It's, it doesn't mean they're doing something wrong, but you know, you're scared because they're, they're at risk of, you know, who they can come in contact with, um, who can find them because there's a lot of creeps out there. Uh, but it's, it, it is really the secret little world. And, and our kids are doing things that they wouldn't normally do when they're behind a screen. Everyone's so much braver. And uh, I think parents are just afraid, really, of what's going on. And, and they feel helpless because we're living in a time when kids have never had so much freedom at their fingertips, yet they're very confined. And parents are utterly helpless because, you know, what can we do? What can we do? And then on the other hand, the kids, what we heard in the documentary, there was a lot of concerns uh, hearing about sitting at family mealtimes and not being able to connect with their family. One young man told us that, um, you know, he said, I was trying to connect with my mom and dad, but they're on old-fashioned Facebook, he called it. But oh. um, <laughs> So that's kind of funny that the kids see Facebook as old-fashioned. But um, And also he said, I'm, you know, I'm trying to talk to my brother and he's watching YouTube videos. So it's really that it's about disconnection, you know, for the kids. They, they are feeling it. Even though they're lost in their own screens, they're feeling it um, from their parents as well. So we're all, we're all in this together. Yeah, I hear loneliness when you talk, you know, when yep. you speak. Yeah, that's scary. So could you share with us what the documentary Selfless is about? 
Well, Selfless, it's the documentary that opens the conversation to this ever-growing epidemic with selfies, social media, and technology. And having said that, it's not an anti-technology film. It's actually a reflection for all of us. How do we live with our devices? And, you know, how do we help our kids to grow strong and healthy in this new age we're living in? And so it's a bright, beautiful film that really inspires hearts to feel. And and what we love about the film is the weight that it lends to the theory of feeling. That's something that we've fallen away from in this really fast-moving world. Kim, what was your inspiration for making this documentary? Well, in the making of Selfless, we're a mom-daughter producer-director team. And, you know, we travel around a lot together and, you know, at our different events. And it doesn't matter where you go Heads are down in their screens and they're not engaged in one another. And and that's a frustrating thing. And you can be at a show or anywhere and people are, they're more concerned about capturing footage and pictures and filtering those images on the spot. And it's like, what's happening here? And then you go to pages and you see people that you know and you don't even recognize them because they've put so much filter on their face. And it's like, so what are we reaching for in life? You know, what are we all doing? It's, it's just a really scary thing. So Meg and I, my producer daughter, we started talking one day. We were out on a walk and, and we asked each other, okay, if a girl lived in the forest and she had no mirrors, magazines, or social media, what would beautiful look like to her and how would she view herself? And then this girl, sweet Kookie Warburton, found us And uh, we had worked with her musically before uh, doing music um, interviews. And we thought, that's kooky. She she lives off the grid in the hills of southwest England. And so we thought, let's contact her. So we did. And um, she said, come on over. Her family invited us over. And so we cashed in our air miles and away we went. And uh, we ended up off the grid. And it was just the most amazing experience. And... And that's how we started to tell the story. We wanted to go to a life that was much simpler than what we live here. And they just really inspired us to dance like no one's watching, you know, just be who you are. And uh, yeah, it was just amazing. And, And the story just kept going from there. The one thing we knew that there were a lot of issues and we didn't want to just point fingers. We didn't even know how to start, you know, tackling all the issues that come out of this subject. So instead, we decided to put our hands on on everything that was going on and just really go in from the heart and get people to feel again. You can feel that when you watch a movie. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So the documentary tells us that we are all part of this ongoing experiment. So what are some of the realities that we are going to be seeing as a result of so much screen time? Well, one thing that was, you know, really taking us aback was we um, were speaking with Dr. Minnie Randawa. She's in the film as well. And she just really talks a lot about blue light. And blue light, people need to really understand, um, you know, we all know about UV light and what it's doing to us. You know, we're wearing sunscreen, it's on the news, the UV index ratio. But blue light is way more powerful than UV light. And so UV light reaches the lens in your eye, but blue light goes right to the very back of the eye. So we're on screens all the time. 
how many people are on their screens on their phone in bed at night when it's dark, your eyes are dilated, it's going back. So macular degeneration is on the rise. So in the next 10 to 20 years, there could be a lot of that going on. Um, myopia is on the rise. And another thing is with, um, I know that you both have young children, and a lot of parents now are putting devices in front of their children just to, you know, help help them out, you know, to keep them occupied. And, and Dr. Randawa tells us that is the worst thing that you can do on their little eyes that are just pure and clear like crystal. And so that's really scary with the what's happening to our eyes. And then emotionally, what's happening to kids with all the video game use, um, they're not developing properly. It, you know, it's just really affecting our kids. They can't make decisions properly. And um, then physically, what's going to happen to us? Think about the body. Look at any bus stop you drive by, anything. Everyone is always heads down on their phones, hunched over, um, so we have a really great um, uh, physiotherapist, uh, doc, uh, Greg Bay. He he's there and he breaks down what will happen to us and how eventually we'll even uh, lose the use of our thumbs because they're not meant to, you know, do all that ty typing, texting on those little screens. So we're really not going to be an efficient uh, human version of ourselves. We are going to change, you know, even how our stature is, everything, and then really. I think the worst thing that's going to happen is, as people, we're just going to change because we're going to lose the gift of human touch, of human connection, and really nothing replaces that, you know, and uh, that's really scary. I'm always really concerned when I see people texting each other instead of calling. Anybody that knows me, after three texts, you get a phone call, and people sometimes think it's still weird to actually have to pick up the phone it's so much better in person or on the phone than just the text and uh, yeah people just more and more and more I find uh, are going away from that and I think it's going to affect their social abilities and their social uh, IQ definitely yeah exactly there's um people are afraid to pick up the phone you know they I've I've just so many times I prefer to just talk to someone and if you call them it's like ah you know, what are you doing? But it's even within the making and, you know, distribution of this film is so many times I send an email and it doesn't get answered or, but if I pick up the phone and I talk to someone and I can engage them heart to heart, it makes all the difference, you know? I know. And one phone call can replace 20, 25 oh emails because you don't feel the person, Yeah, right? Exactly. It's just words. And even if you put the big LOL, it doesn't, it doesn't reflect. Yeah. And I think also two people think they're saving time by not phoning. But honestly, as you said, you can replace 20 emails in one phone call. How is that saving time if you're not talking to each other? So, yeah. So, Kim, what do you think the audience takes from the documentary Selfless? Well, as I said, in creating Selfless, we decided to go in through the heart uh, we wanted people to take a breath, take a moment and just look up and uh, just be more present in the moment. And so we have some amazing subjects in there that take you on that journey. We have the Warburtons who live off the grid and they just really show us how full life can be when you're free from those chains that bind. It's, it's really amazing to watch them. We have little Ryan who's eight years old and he has his own recycling business and it 
it's just a part of who he is. He has this thing in him that he knows that from the earth, we should never take more than we give. And and that really just opens your heart up there. We have Josh, who's um, he's visually impaired, and uh, he teaches us that beauty is felt, not seen. And it takes my breath away every time I hear him say that. We have Kira, who's in her second remission with leukemia, and she really teaches us that life is precious, don't miss it. And we have another um, girl who, Patricia, she's from San Francisco, and she suffered a lot of bullying and uh, just really had a rough time. And there's a, she brings in a strong mental health component to the film. And she really teaches us that you know, healing and happiness is found helping others. And so when you engage yourself in those things, you know, it encourages you to just, you know, let your phone slide to the side for a little while. You know, your phone's great if you need to pick up and call someone, but you don't need it 24-7. And the thing that we want people to know is technology's not a bad thing. It's here to stay. It's helping us to connect with one another in other ways, but we have to make it work for us. We can't be slaves to it. And uh, if we if we are slaves and we don't keep a connection with one another, then all will truly be lost. Absolutely. We have talked about this quite often, uh, Heather and I, and uh, as parents, we are our children first teachers. So I think it's very important to teach them give them the right example. So if as parents, we're always on our phone and your children see this and they go to school and they see everybody on their phone and it's all what they see, it will become the norm, right? And Heather and I has little ones, right? And I'm really careful when my son comes back from daycare that my phone is away. And a lot of people know this. If you try to reach me between four and eight, I'm probably not going to be answering you. And it's okay. And we have to all be okay with that. Then we're not always have to be by our phones. And yeah, people will get to know when is the best time to reach you. Or then you will be texting back. Or you will be calling even, right? <laughs> and I think it's really important just to keep keep that question in the back of your mind. What are we reaching for? What's important in life to you? And uh, it, you're not going to find that inside of a screen. No, no. And I think a lot of people compare each other on social media. There's a lot of comparing. And I, it, it's creating a lot of anxiety. Because what you see out there, it's what they choose to put out there. So it's not the reality. Yeah, so much with looking at social media as parents, um, you know, what we choose to put up there isn't truly what's always happening. We paint this picture and it's not necessarily actually what's the truth behind that. And that, as Jenny said, can create a lot of anxiety in parents and they feel like they need to keep up with these facades and that becomes very difficult for parents. Absolutely. So Kim, where can we find you and watch the movie? Great question. We're having lots of requests uh, just like that. And Selfless is having a big screening in Mission at the Clark Foundation Theatre on Tuesday, February 12th. Tickets are going for that already. It's going to be a really fun, informative evening for families. There'll be a panel discussion to follow. Uh, we've got Dr. Dave Curry from the movie, Greg Bay, uh, Paige Freeborn from the World Music Program, and myself as a director. So we'll be taking lots of questions and answers for 
from the audience. And uh, I think there'll be a lot of um, feedback because that's what the film does. It does stir up um, and evoke different thoughts and feelings for people. And uh, there's screening licenses available on our website. Um, we're in lots of schools and communities are hosting screenings. So if you contact us at www.freshindependence.com, there's a screening license you can fill out um, and we can get back to you and we help people plan events. And uh, yeah, there's more screenings coming up. We have a lot of interest from some different companies. So it's it's going to go through Canada, the USA, the UK, and Australia. So Selfless will be coming to um, a community near you very soon. And uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you Google Fresh Independence, you will find us. And some people might say, aha, you're on the internet. But I'm telling you, this is a very positive use of technology because this helps us all to, you know, connect and uh, get to the heart of the matter. Mm -hmm. Heather, I think it's time for a conversation card. Can you please pick one and read it to us? All right. So today our question is based off the saying to burn the midnight oil. So the meaning of this is to stay up late working or studying. And the origin is before electricity was invented, lamps were lit by oil. And so when someone was up late working or reading, they had to keep oil in the lamp to have it stay on longer. Thereby, they were burning the midnight oil. <laughs> so ladies, when was the last time you had to burn the midnight oil for something that was going on, a test, an event, a project? Well, that resonates with me because I am one who is known to burn the midnight oil and uh, burn, burn, burn till the candle's burning at both ends. So you need to be careful with that. But it brings me back to a thought about being off the grid with the Warburtons and them. They don't have uh, electricity there. So they're burning candle in the evening. And Simeon, uh, the father, he talks about how beautiful that feels when they're sitting around their table at night in the bender and they have a candle burning and they're just spending time together. And I can only imagine when I think about it, the stories that flow forth and the music they play and just really what a beautiful time that is. So I think if you look at it in today's modern age, you know, I can be in my office burning the midnight oil and really burning myself out. But if you think about the Warburtons and them burning their midnight oil, they're really um, feeding themselves and really blessing their family with that. So we just really have to think about what we choose in life. Totally. For me, I find recently, again, I'm, I am a night owl and I do work best at night. And probably the last couple of times that I've truly been burning the midnight oil was planning my son's birthday parties. Um, I get very detail oriented. I love the whole setup and every, whether it's coming, the cake or the decorations or the details on the goodie bags or the bottles of water, like it's so much fun for me. It's a lot of enjoyment, but it definitely, I'm going to bed at three in the morning, <laughs> if not later. And um, so, yeah, those are definitely more recently the last couple of times that I was burning the midnight oil. <laughs> I think for myself is um, actually, I would say every week I tend to exaggerate one night at least. And it's when I start working on the editing. 
some of the main editor here. And yes, I, when I start, I can't stop. So sometimes one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, and then I know I have a little one, right? So the next morning, ee, it's not always fun, but I try to not do that too often. Well, that concludes today's episode. I want to thank you, Heather and Kim, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> for our listeners, if you want to hear a little bit more about Heather and I, we are releasing some mini episode called The Real Mom Moments, where we talk about what's happening in our daily lives. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the Contact Us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and on any platform where you like to listen to your favorite podcast. You can always subscribe to this podcast at parenttalk.ca so you don't miss an episode. And remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you everyone for listening and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.